Boy Talks Funny, a Dubai 92 podcast. Quick sound check for uh, levels. Do you have you had any breakfast? Taking sound, yes. I've had my breakfast. I had a, an omelette. The very nice man who makes me an omelette every morning. That's I, pretty good. I, yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I want to delve into your diet because I heard something today. First of all, let's say hello. Paul Tonkinson, of course. Great to be here. Nice to see you again. Father, husband, author, comedian, runner, radio presenter, TV presenter. B- podcaster. Podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. I listened to your podcast this morning. You All told right, me about okay. it last time we spoke, which I think was just after lockdown last time you were coming out to okay, Dubai. Yes. Right. So this morning I listened to running commentary. All right. Okay. Now, yeah. you may not be able to tell this looking at me, Paul, but I'm not a runner. Okay. <laughs> Unless okay, there's an ice cream van going past. <laughs> then I'm like, you know. I've joined the dots. I sense you're not particularly. Uh, I, not to say to you're not strong. You look quite strong. I, well, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't handle myself. But. Uh, I listened to your podcast this morning, in the car, coming down here. In the first five minutes, I nearly had a heart attack. Right, okay. What, was, to explain, what... <laughs> you do a podcast where you run and talk. Yeah, we record it. That's the, that's the, uh, the USP, to use that phrase, which I hate. But it's, uh, yeah, we, re- we record every run. We have a little chat while we're doing it. Uh, people listen to it in various contexts. Some people listen to it in the bath. Some people listen to it going for a walk. Some listen to it running. You tell me, how does it, does it do we sound a bit out of breath? This is the weird we... thing, because <laughs> on paper, it's... The worst idea on earth. Thank you. Two men of a certain <laughs> age running and recording themselves. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you and I were to walk down this corridor and try and have a conversation, I'd sound like <laughs> I'm on 50 a day and I've never smoked in my life, you know. So for the first five minutes, my heart was beating faster oh, because right, I've never listened to it before. Right. Is that The one I listened to was the penultimate one. It was the one before... You were setting up the race to the stones. It was race to the stones. Yes. So it's the one before yes. that. Okay. Yeah. When you and Rob Deering, your running yes. partner, yes, not life partner, running no. partner, you were having a jog through a park somewhere. Yeah, we, we were getting ready for an ultra race called the Race to the Stones, which happened last weekend, which was two thirty-mile runs. It was a, it was thirty miles on Saturday and it was thirty on Sunday, and I hadn't done any training. But we can get into that later. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, but, this, but the, so it was so calamitous. When you start <laughs> listening to it. It's very strange at first. Obviously, okay. you're listening. You can hear the steps. You can hear the feet. You can right. hear the, you know, the ambiance. So it's atmospheric. That it's very atmospheric. Yeah. And initially, I'm thinking they're not going to be able to keep this. You can't run and talk. Yeah. I once had a newsreader run into the studio from yeah. the newsroom, <laughs> which is there. And he couldn't read the news <laughs> straight after that. You guys yeah. are doing a big run here. You're not stopping. The podcast's about an hour and 40 minutes. It, the can, one be, it can be a long time, yes. So, yeah, yeah. so initially... I think you have to find the rhythm. It's almost like stand-up comedy. You have to find the rhythm of it. Mm, mm. So it stressed me out for the first five minutes. And then everything dropped away and I was just hearing your voices. Oh, that's interesting. Which is a really... I'm I'm big on podcasts. I listen to Mm. loads of them. But I'm also, having been in radio and doing podcasts for 25 years now, audio quality really matters to me. Yeah, you you won't get that on our podcast. Yes, (laughs) but that's what I mean. I thought it, it made me initially tetchy, but... Then once I was into it, I loved it. Well, it's n- it's nice because every run's different, so you get sort of things happen on the run, and it is that sort of shared experience. I mean, it often stresses me out the running and talking, and Rob's a lot fitter than me at the moment, so I often just ask him a question, and then just, <laughs> just he talks for about three yeah. four minutes. Um, That's a good idea. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, running and talking is just really good for for a lot of people. Running's quite a social activity, so it's not as crazy as it sounds. It's sort of just bringing people into that sort of experience. See, you know? I. On and off do a lot of cycling. There's great mm. cycling routes out in the desert mm. out here. It's wonderful. But I'm solitary. Yeah. I, as is most of my life, I like to be on my own doing these things. Mm. Again, headphones in, podcast on. Mm. And I'm constantly getting invited to, to do these coffee runs. 
And it sounds like a nice cycle up the road for a coffee. It's not. Mm. You're cycling 50, 70k through the desert before wow. you're having a cup okay. of coffee yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. back again. Yeah. 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 And they're all pretty much like you. They can all do distance. Of course, yeah. They're built for it, yeah, yeah. If I was on your podcast, which I'd last 30 seconds it of... It would be a short one, yeah. And in that 30 <laughs> seconds, I would call you all the Category A swear words. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the surround. It could be the most beautiful park in the it world. It would be called Catboy Has a Heart Attack. Just yeah. as, as my vision narrowed to pinpoints, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mad idea. How long have you been doing that now? Well, we've been doing it over... We've done 350 episodes, so we've yeah. been doing it. We do, we, do, we do it just once a week, so we've been doing it, what, f I don't know. I mean, 350 yeah. divided by by 50, so it's about, what, seven, nearly seven years. Yeah. Oh my God. And have you, you've been running, I think you started running as a teen. I was you? running as a it. kid. I mean, I talk about it in, in, in the book that I wrote the other year, um, 26.2 Miles to Happiness, which, uh, and they've, they've commissioned me to, to write another book um, about running. So I was running, I ran as a kid, I was good, I, I was fast. I got back into into my late 30s, I was good, I was fast. Uh, and now I'm 52 and I'm quite bad and I'm slow. <laughs> and I'm slow. You're still going. I'm still going, but that ultra became a disaster because I was, um, I'd been a bit injured, so I hadn't been able to do any training. Um, and I just, but for some reason, because I'm so deluded, I just thought I could rock up without much training and, and run 30 miles on Saturday and then yeah. 30 on Sunday. It was one of the hottest days of the year. And uh, I completely, I was just an absolute state. I ended up chatting to the medics after like 22 miles. Yeah. I was like, it was, it was like, I was completely dead. Because I didn't take any gear either. I didn't take enough water. Everyone else had loads of gear and water and food on them. This stuff. is what and you I just talk about. Up. I, just, like, in, I just rocked up, you know. Yeah, in this podcast, and, <laughs> it sounds like Rob's got all the gear. No, Rob had all the gear and all the training. And you seem like you're old school. You want to turn up in... Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just turn up, you know, and I was... And, I, and there's no getting around it. It went really wrong for me and really well for Rob. Right. So, so I, I learned a good life lesson. I've just got to do, do the right thing, you know. Um, it was funny, but it was got quite scary at times. I mean, the medics were trying to st stop me completing it and stuff. I, I finished the first day and then I just... I just went home. I wanted to see my dog again, you know. You remind me, you know when you hear these stories, Rob sounds like, because I didn't realise you needed all this gear for yeah, him. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't <laughs> yeah, realise how long the race was. But he's talking about the, you know, the hydration, the pack on his bike, the spars, the gels and everything. Yeah, 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 salt. You kind of remember, you know when you hear about Roger Bannister running the three-minute, uh, sub, mm. sub-four-minute mile, and it was like, well, he worked down the pit the night before. Yeah. <laughs> he had a fry-up in the morning. Know, he ran it in his wife's aisles. I know, he was like that. He just... If, if it hadn't been so hot, I might have managed it. I know it's all relative in compared to this heat, but it was really hot. I just didn't have enough water. I just I just really sank. Uh, but it was good fun. You meet really nice people doing strange events. Yeah. I mean, they're running for like seven, eight hours a day. It's such a long time on your feet. And it's just it's pretty tiring, you know. So it's when really you're tiring. doing that, do people recognise you from the running podcast more than they do the comedy? It's sort of Is both. It niche? It, it's know? both. It's both, but the the people who recognise you from the uh, podcast are like really like crazy fans. Yeah, because it's such a sort of intimate level of you, you know what it's like yeah. on the radio. It's such an intimate level of conversation. So like, they're almost like in tears when they meet you. Do you know what I mean? They're just like they're just so pleased to meet you, and it's photos and selfies. And, yeah, and it's re it's really nice to connect with people in that way. I mean, I love. I mean, stand up's obviously the best rush you can get because it happens in the moment, and to see people laughing and crying with laughter, it's it's an incredible feeling. The podcast's a bit more of a slow burn, sort of literally. Yeah. But it, but they're all it's all connecting with people, isn't it? It's all just reaching out and just having a laugh with people. I love it. I, it's yeah. one of my favourite things. I thought I need to listen to podcasts to fall asleep. I listen to them the first thing in the morning. I love them in the car, mm. and. Mm. 
they feel like you're your friends. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's good. there's it's people good. I could meet now: Adam Buxton, Richard Herring, yes, yeah, Ellis yeah, and John yeah. from Five Live. I yeah, could yeah, meet yeah. them and sit down and pub with them. I think that's that's what you get. It's an it's an assumed friendship, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, great stand-ups do that as well, but because it's just them on their own, and the st- the stage is sort of like it's a, it's a, it connects people to them, but it separates them simultaneously, doesn't yeah. it? Because of the podcast, you're just in people's ears. You go straight into their sort of into their brain, as it were. It's a great connection. I think yeah, it's, it's a bigger nice. connection, like. I get it with radio, you're going to supermarket mm. and people remind you of something you said mm. 12 years ago. Yeah, nice, I, nice. You know, you've done radio. Nice feeling, yeah. It's Not just as long coming as you, out, though. I mean, you, I mean, you've been doing it for years and years. Too long. Yeah. No, so it's good. The it's listeners great. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> the running, where is it more on the seesaw? Is it more for physical health or mental health? Which which do you do it for? It, do you know what? It's, it's completely for both. It's like there's no, there's no real difference for me because I, I was like, um, if I'm injured and I can't run, I do sink a little bit. I need some sort of exercise. Yeah. And, and if I'm running, like I went for a little run yesterday in the tread, treadmill, just really, it just cheers you up. It just sets you up through the day. So for, for me, so I experience the day better. You know, it's yeah. just a sort of, it's really simple, really. If I yeah. can't run, I go a bit, I just get a bit crabby and I just sort of sink. Now, as a comedian, you're sharp as a button. Everybody knows this about you. Your comebacks, the way you deal with hecklers, you're great at all of this stuff. However... I heard something on this podcast this morning with you and Rob. All right, yeah. You were talking about food as you jogged around. It was early on, 20 minutes into the podcast. I'd be dead already. Yeah. And out of nowhere, he says he went to the cinema and he had a baked potato in his pocket. Right. (laughs) A, baked potato in his pocket. Weird. very strange. And I'm I'm thinking here, here he comes, Paul. He's going to be straight in on this. Nothing. Right. And And then he goes, yeah, yeah, I got a baked potato (laughs) He had a cold baked potato as his cinema snack, and he's going, oh, people don't know, people don't know. And I'm thinking, come on, mate, get in, kill him, kill him with your wit, nothing. Well, no, because that, because for a runner, that's quite natural when you're building up for a, for an ultra jump, because that's part of the carb, that's part of the carb loading. That's you, see, do, right. do you know what I mean? It's part of the you eat you eat carbs all the time. You eat potatoes. You constantly you wake up and have pasta for breakfast in the three days before the run. So he actually eats with baked potato. He, he runs with baked potatoes. Yeah. He carries baked potatoes Bizarre. on his person. And I'm, he's right though, because you need because you need them because it goes straight to your muscles. It's like really good carbs. See, I'm doing and half cheaper of this. than popcorn, a lot cheaper than popcorn. I do the carb loading. I just right, don't yeah, do the yeah. run at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He also mentioned that you talk about a Marmite bagel, a salty Marmite bagel as a snack when you're getting ready for a run, is it? Yeah, occasionally. Occasionally I'll have that, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you had the McCartney bagel? You know the Paul McCartney bagel? Have you heard about this? What is the Paul McCartney bagel? He swears by this Paul McCartney. It's a Marmite bagel mm. with hummus. Really? So spread Interesting. I might give butter, it a go. Marmite. Might give it a go. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'm, tell you once you try it. I'm a, there's no going back. There is Watching no going back. There's no going back. I'm a big fan of hummus, so yeah, I'll give it a go. I like me Marmite. I like me hummus. I'll give it that a go. In that gap, I, I can't believe we're talking so much about running, but it does. It's I, all right. It's okay. When I see middle-aged men running, yeah. If I used to, when I was younger and a bit more in shape and playing a lot more sport, if I was driving and saw somebody running, I was struggling. I'd be like, oh, get this idiot here. Now. I'm a sentimental 50-something. Right. And I see men of our age running, especially somebody who looks like me, and they're doing that, you know, where they're just going, one step, yeah. next step. <laughs> yeah, 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 but they're yeah. in Dubai running, and it's 44 it's degrees. It's incredible, yes. I yeah. get, I well up. Yeah. What, what sort of human endeavour sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it can the, be The fact that they're out there. Yeah. I say to the kids, look at these, fair play for the kids, but yeah. I'm an idiot. <laughs> How do you start I know you start as a kid, but then you had your break, I guess, mm, in your 20s, mm. and then you it must have been difficult to pick it back up again. How does one... Because I can't run 100 metres these days, but I would love to... My wife runs. Right. She's fit as a fiddle. Okay. I'd love to do it. 
But I can't seem... You know that thing that all runners say, which makes me want to punch them all, where they go, oh, well, you feel like you're going to die. And, and then, then you, you, get, yeah, yeah, you there's a the, barrier that you get through. You get in the, in the zone. Well, well you, I mean, I would say you you can't run 100 metres. I mean, you probably could. Let's face it, if push came to shove, you could. Do you know what I mean? If, you actually if I was trying to, to save me children, you know, or an ice cream van. Or a pie sale down the street, <laughs> yes, whatever. Yes, yes. Um, but you could, you could, what you could do is you could run 50 metres and then walk 25 and then run 40 and then walk 20 and then run 30. Well, that, that's what you need to do when you start. Just run and walk in. Don't stress it. Don't. I think people push it too hard and they want to hurt themselves. Or they will, it, it doesn't have to be this sort of extreme thing. The fact is yeah. running is quite is pleasurable. The better you get at it, the more pleasurable it is. But even initially, it doesn't have to really strain you out. Just run and walk as you feel comfortable. Just I did the couch to 5K. All right, okay. But well, that's an amazing thing, isn't it? Oh, you didn't make it. Um, I, you made it to the kitchen. I got the couch. <laughs> Again, I nailed the first half. You ate the couch. <laughs> yes. Um... Again, if there was a couch 5K away, <laughs> I would run to it. I got to about halfway through that, and there's a, I was doing the run, walk, run, walk, and then there's right. a time when it's, you, it suddenly jumps up to a five-minute run. All right. Okay, and I just couldn't do it, and right, I really okay. want to. Yeah. You know. I, I honestly won't worry about it. You seem fine. As long as you feel healthy, it's oh, okay. Don't worry. I don't, don't, don't I don't, worry I'm a death store. <laughs> I can't believe we're standing up to do this interview. It's killing me. Um, let's get on to comedy. Go on then, yeah. Because I think this is why we're here. I'll have to change the name of this podcast. <laughs> I want to know about when you first started, because it's something that's always interested me. Friends of mine who we, mm. we know mutually have gone into stand-up. Yes, right. And I've always been on the verge of, I've wanted to do it. But my thing was always, when I hear comedians talk about bad gigs, mm. you know, mm. after 25 years in radio, if somebody texts in, you're rubbish today, I'm like going, I have therapy for six months, right, you know. okay, yeah, it, so, can, be, so it that, can be quite... Uh, well, what it, made it, you start? I just wanted to do it, really. I was at Manchester University, and I'd, uh, I, I wasn't really like into drama as a kid. Yeah. I sort of stumbled... I managed to get into a drama course at Manchester University, essentially by lying at the, at the interview. I sort of just created some backstory where I used to go to the theatre all the time and like write yeah. reviews of plays. I just gave them loads of yeah. rubbish. I was just a kid from you know North Yorkshire who wanted, wanted to do something a bit different. Um, they accepted me in, and then I did this thing. They had this thing called Studio Group every Wednesday night, where where uh, students performed to other students. And I just wrote this piece that was meant to be quite serious, actually. Um, it was about me meeting a girl in a park and sort of this quick re relationship thing that happened with this girl in a park, two strangers meeting in a park. Yeah. And halfway through, people started laughing, like really laughing. Um, and I just and it was a complete life changing moment. I just it just everything changed then. And once you experience that on stage, you're like a, it's definitely an addictive quality. You just chase it. You just have to have it because it's yeah. so powerful. Um, and then I started doing gigs in Manchester. Uh, I, I just did gigs in like places like Salford in Manchester. And uh, there's a gig called the Elstein Brewery. And you just write loads of ideas during the week and go on and, um, and, uh, and, and, and just, just do your best and just improvise and play around. And I had some really, really good gigs early on. And so that gave me the confidence to keep going. Yeah. Um, and of course you get bad gigs. I mean, I've had gigs where people have attacked me. I had one gig in um, in a Manchester nightclub where everyone was having a good laugh, having a good dance, and then the uh, for some reason they're putting the, the comedians on onto the onto the, the dance floor. So the, oh, the, the guys there's said, nothing if worse. Stop dancing. Now we're going to have some comedy. And uh, and then first act, Paul Tonkins. So I went on, and everyone's like, oh, I just wanted to be dancing. It's yeah. in Manchester. You don't see people dancing in Manchester. Went on, started doing some material. Some guy came on, started swearing at me. I, I has to, have to be escorted out of the building. Do you know, I've had a few of those. Yeah, I've had gigs where people have turned the turn. I've had gigs in front of like a thousand people in Park Lane at a corporate, where um, 
you always get told when you do corporate gigs not to do um, not to do like blue material or yeah. that sort of, you know. But while simultaneously knowing if you did, it'd probably go down really well. But you're told not to. So I'm on stage. It's not going well. It's a really tough room. They don't like me. People start chatting. It's a bit. I'm losing it. So I thought. Who cares? Who cares if I even get paid? I'm not. About this. I'm you just want to really get bothered. out. So I just started doing like some, some like blue blue material and stuff, and it started winning the room a little bit. It started. I started to turn. I could feel the room turning, and then they just cut the sound on me. Oh no! So you're just there without the sound. Just do you know what I mean? That's quite a lonely. Shouting. Moment. You that's do. quite a low. That's quite a low. <laughs> that's quite a lonely moment when they've cut out your means of communication. You know. So you have your tough gigs and you have your good gigs, and over time the good gigs get way more than the bad gigs, and the bad. But the bad gig still hurts. Yeah. To have a bad gig still hurts. Um, but how long before that's natural? How long before it's a job? You know. Yeah. And, you know, and and yeah, it's yeah, yeah. you take the rough with the smooth. You know. Yeah. It. it, it I was lucky because I started during like you know the boom years in the nineties, and there was loads of gigs, so I yeah. could get loads of gigs very soon. I was doing the comedy store weekends at the comedy store after like a year of being being there. It takes yeah. a long, it takes five six years now for people to get to that level. So, yeah, I was full time comic after like two years, and I was I've been, I've been full time comic since nineteen ninety three. So I'm coming up to my thirtieth anniversary. Wow, this is your <laughs> live territory, isn't it? <laughs> it's really, they yeah, need yeah, to yeah. bring that back. <laughs> I was watching some of your stand up before you came in today, mm. and. You were going heavy on your wife. Right. Now, yes. Yes. I work with my wife in Dubai. We do events together, and right. I'm a little bit more Mike heavy than she is. Okay. And she's a great foil. Right. Yeah. However, I never run any of it past her, and some of it comes off the top of my head, and some of it's a bit blue. And there are times when it's all a good laugh, and there are times on the drive home when, when a problem. I'm a dead man, yeah. basically. So... Do you have an agreement? What's the? Is there a line? Is there a barrier? What's the agreement with your wife? Is it this is it, what's paying for the house? It's a funny. It's a, well, it's sort of all those things, really. I mean, to be fair, she doesn't come to see many gigs, and when she does, she's fine about it. Um, it's quite a traditional thing to talk about your wife, isn't it? On yeah. stage, and, and, and some people are a bit sniffy about it because of that. But I tend to be quite basic. I, mean, I talk about what's in front of me, so I talk about my my wife and my fa family a lot because that's where I am most of the time. Yeah. I mean, my stuff's observational. Um, it's meant to be done with affection. Um, and what can I say? You know, it's, it's paid for the for the house and holidays over there. She's fine, and she never, as I say, she very rarely comes to yeah. She's not that bothered. She's really not that bothered. But you can tell it's done with affection. I can <laughs> yeah. see that in your face good, as you say. Good, no matter good. how disrespectful the comment is that yeah. you're making. Well, that's what that's the good thing about marriage, though, isn't it? Is that you can be sort of you're on to each other, aren't you? So you you can be disrespectful to each other. You, you go beyond that thing of trying, don't you? You go beyond yeah. having to try. And that's when it gets really good because you can relax with someone else. And I just go out and play that on stage. And a lot of people in relationships or of the younger generation as well see their parents reflected in it. Or um, Yeah, that so stuff yeah. really works. A couple of years ago, you did a short film for Sky, a yeah. Valentine's film. Yes. yes. Which was, you wrote that. Yes. Yeah, was yeah, that yeah. from? The Promise. The Promise. Yeah, that was based on that was based on real life experience. Is this the one of going to the hotel? Going to the hotel and not being able to open a bottle of wine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Is that a euphemism for something else? Well, I don't know. Well, it, I suppose it can be, but it was more. It was more. It was based on on a, on a real life experience that we'd had, um, and that was nice. And that led to me writing, uh, you know, pilots, uh, sitcom scripts for Sky that are in development at the moment. So that was quite a nice thing. It's a long process television. Yeah. But that was nice. And I, I wrote a film earlier this year, so I'm trying to work, I'm trying to develop my script writing as well. So that's a sort of interesting new area. So, but stand-up's always the, it's the bread and butter of, yeah. of everything, you know. It's, it's, but this kind of thing, you know, because you're, you've are you been a jobby comic for 30 mm, years, mm. I, you have done a million other things, the mm. books, the podcast. Uh, what's the ambition? You're in your 50s. That's a real, really good point. What, you yeah, know, that's what, a really good point, that one. Is it, but, um, but is there something that's like, mm, if, mm. if something could land out of everything, what would you like to land? 
Well, I've, I've already, I've been commissioned for the, for a second book. I really like writing yeah. books because um, you get to craft it on your own. And there's, there's just something about writing, I've, I've, there's something about literature that I really, really like. The answer is everything, really. The answer is I want to continue to get better as a stand-up as I get older. I can still, I can still feel myself relaxing and getting better as a stand-up, yeah. which is brilliant when you've been doing it as long as me because most people... You just see the dead eye, the thousand yard stairs, yeah. and it's over, and they're just doing exactly the same gear in exactly the same way. But for years, and that, don't get me wrong, there's an art to that, but it's nice if it can grow as you grow. So I think my stand up's still growing. Um, I really want the second book to be better than the first book. The podcast is great. The podcast is just fun. It's easy, really lo-fi, and as you said yourself, really badly produced. Yeah, but again, I, I find the podcast, me and my wife do a podcast together, Yeah, and I find it therapy. Yes. Because yeah. we're so busy in life. We live mm. together. We're always with the kids. We're always doing uh, quiz nights and hosting events together. But we never actually get to be together because it's always work or right, life okay. work. Right. So we've got. I've built a little studio at home, and when we go in there and sit down, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. It is like that's therapy. Really nice you get you idea, spill yeah. it all out. That's you know. Really nice idea. And I'd love to. I'd obviously, you know, it's nice to stand up's great. It was a bit of a dream to like write a book, get a book published. It would be another dream to like get a film made. So that that would that would be amazing. So I've put a lot of time into that in the first half of this year. And I've just sent it out to people in the industry to get a bit of feedback. So I'm working. I'm, I'm working on that. I really enjoy. It's just nice to keep stretching, isn't it? Nice to keep stretching yourself yeah. and doing your stuff. Um, but the main thing really is to try and stay interested and excited by your own life, and that's the that's the hardest and the best thing. So many people just lo progressively lose interest in, yeah. in their own in their own. They get into. Don't get me wrong. They get into hobbies or travel or whatever. But it's just nice to feel connected to what really turns you on. And for me, that is comedy and writing and. It's just growing in every direction, you know. In the first episode of the podcast, it was Dom Jolly last yeah. week. Dom was out here doing his holiday snaps mm. tour. Nice. Which is not so much stand up, it's he's got extreme PowerPoint, really. Okay, but, yeah. but, but it's, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. But he had the same conversation because he said, as much as he loves everything he's done and everything he's famous for, it's the writing mm. that really turns him on, mm. you know, and mm. uh, his travel books, things like that. Yeah. So do you think that's, do you think we get to his 50s and it's like, Time to start being a scribe. Well, maybe, or maybe it's just uh, it's it's ironic being here in Dubai, and I, I love coming to Dubai. But you get you get to a bit uh, worn down by the travel as a stand-up, yeah. not this kind of travel, because this is great. Because just just look, just lovely. I'm talking about driving from London to to Kettering on a on a Tuesday, and driving back. Because if you don't drive back, the hotel doesn't make it financially viable. So you drive back in the same night. Do you yeah. know what I mean that's the stuff that wears you down? Do you have a favourite service station? Um, Is there a service station that you've got a particular affection for when you see it coming? Not, not really. But I tell you what, there's there's nothing more grimmer than waking up in a service station. I've done it's that horrible. many times. <laughs> to, to pulling over, having a little kip, and then waking up in like the services. It's like that's an like. All right, here, here, I, here I am. <laughs> yeah. See, there's something as an outsider you could look at that and think, oh, that's something quite romantic no, driving no. city to city, like <laughs> no. being a long distance lorry driver or something. And the truth of it is, it, it's is not. it might be for a while, but it's not. It's not. Um, but, the, but, but, but of course, the irony is you get there and the people of Kettering are really nice and they've come out and they're really pleased that you've come out and you have a great experience. So if you have, I'm consistently surprised by how pleasurable a good gig is. If you have a good gig, you feel so amazing, even now after thirty years. It's such an indescribable feeling that it just keeps you in there, you know. So I say, I say it wears me down. But who's to say I won't be in fifteen years driving to Catherine on a Tuesday? Because it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's good fun. You know? I want to ask you about your kids. Yeah, okay. you know, not in too much detail, but mm. this is something else I talked about last week with Dom. Is I do a job that can occasionally be embarrassing for me children. Right. Okay. He certainly does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
how has that been with your kids? Because your kids, you know, some are in their early twenties now, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, when they were teenagers, was it difficult, or uh, were you allowed you, to talk about them? To be honest, I never really asked. I never really asked. I've, I've, I've always talked about them, and they're fine with it. And actually, they've started uh, working at the comedy store behind the bar. My oh, other son, he really liked it. And you know what? There's a, it, it, it might die down, but at the moment, it's what I do is quite cool, actually. And there's I've, a window, right? I've, I've, there's a window. I'm in the cool window, and it took a, a while for that to for that to happen. Um, my younger son came to see me at a gig recently um, with his mates, and he's a bit sort of like street and kind of, kind of attitude, yeah. kiss teeth kind of. And uh, and he took some of his mates to see me, and I do a bit where I talk about him on stage. I do a routine about him, and then after the gig, I said, and he's and he's here tonight, and everyone looked, at him, and they gave him a big cheer. Yeah. And, it was cool. I was cool dad. I was playing the store in London and the, and, and the kids loved it. So, you know, and they've seen me play the O2 and stuff. And that is, uh, that's cool points. Though it's hard for them. When I was doing the O2, I was supporting uh, McIntyre. Yeah. Um, my eldest son, George, he was, must have been about 16 at the 17 at the time. He started freaking out because he was just panicking. He thought I was going to thought I was going to die, <laughs> which is fair. Enough. I mean, the sixteen thousand. When you said died, I took yeah, it you mean on stage, that, stage. Yeah. But but of course, the, the 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 prospect of your dad dying on stage in front of sixteen thousand people is quite a scary, quite a scary thing yeah. to contemplate. You know, because please let I, him get a laugh. I, I think please. he was quite intimidated by this by the size and scope. Yeah. Of it, as you would be. Thankfully, I had a good gig, so it was fine. So that was quite. I think it's quite hard for them as, as well sometimes. You know, but obviously, to you know, my, my daughter came and saw us. I had a really good gig. It's 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 nice, you know. It's a really nice thing. You you are cool for a bit, you know. Yeah, just for a bit. But a couple of years earlier, a couple of years earlier, they, they didn't un, um, understand it or a bit. But once they start to understand what it is, a little, and they start to see stand up as well, they start to get into stand up themselves. Yeah, um, and appreciate it. So yeah, it's. Um, yeah, and when they bring the mates round, do you do that thing where you age down and suddenly start acting? They think you're funny because you're a comedian. Do you start acting like more of a comedian or do you go quiet, Dad? There's a, li there's a little bit of both. It depends. It can get a little bit mess messy altogether at times, but it, I, try, I try and remain a fairly dignified distance. I try yeah. not to embarrass them too much. Yeah. So you're out in Dubai. You got yeah. here. You've done a couple of gigs already this yes. weekend. Just gone. Yes. And you've got a couple more coming up. People can get the tickets at thelaughterfactory.com. Yes. As you said, I, I know whenever I do these things, it, it could be somebody who can't stand the place, and they'll say they love Dubai. But you have been out here. I've been out here. A you lot. know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely I, I loads. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like it. And I mean, obviously, Gail and Duncan run a great tour, and we stay at nice hotels and nice food and stuff. But the, but, but the pundits are really nice. It's nice to t to stop and uh, and and chat to them. That it's it's. It's not as mad uh, as, as it used to be, but the people coming to see the shows are really into the comedy. They're a bit more of a diverse mix than they used to be. Do you know what I was going to say? And it's really nice because of that. You from know? me coming years ago to the Laughter Factory, it seemed a very Brit-centric, mm. very expat, old-school Dubai expat yeah. crowd, just yeah. like Gail is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, was, which was fun as well. It had a fun, mad energy. Yeah. But by the time you got on stage, often a lot of people were absolutely were slaughtered. Yeah. Absolutely slaughtered. You know? But now it's a bit different, you know. but it's lovely. It's well, the really last few nice. times, I've been over the last couple of months, uh, to the Laughter Factory and what I love about the crowds now is like you said the ethnic diversity yeah some of them are like aliens who've not been to a comedy show Absolutely, before yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. talking to the comedians yeah, oh, it's yeah. hilarious to see the comics have to break character yeah, for a yeah, yeah 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 and, and it's not even heckling they're just like oh it's, it's nice to be it's here. a cultural thing you can see how liberating they find it you can talk about all this stuff yeah um, and the and the people are, are really into the comedy. So there's some really, I'm telling you, it's really nice, really, really nice gigs happening, and uh, just just really good fun. The gigs are great.
Yeah, I think I've been out here long enough now, though, and I do this job where you've got mm. to be very careful sometimes, the things you can and can't say. Mm. I sit at the laughter factory and I'm a bit like, remember Les Dawson and Roy Barraclough went, ooh, with my little handbag, yeah. ooh, <laughs> they can't say that. They can't say that with these people here. There's a, uh, lot. There's a, lot, a, lot, a lot gets said. I mean, there doesn't seem to be... Um, there doesn't seem to be many barriers to to, to it all. With people, it's not even in my mind, to be honest. No, I, I'm not saying anything. I just I just just say exactly what I want to say. And I, mean. I always say this: I think the Dubai crowds are hungrier for it. You know, I think they really are. Yeah, the guys, the Laughter Factory, bring out more comedians than anybody else. Mm. There's hardly you know any other comedy nights out here. But people coming along, they're not tagging it on to the end of a big session. They are coming for the comedy. Absolutely, they yeah. want to laugh. They want to have a good and, time. And, and the and the bills are a bit more diverse as well. I mean, you know, it's like there's, there's you know there's a great, there's a great American comic on uh, this weekend. Lisa, she's fantastic. She's Latin comic, great. And it's just it's just re it's just really nice. It's 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 breaking up and mixing and getting more diverse and and more fun constantly. Yeah. Uh, so you've got a few more gigs this week. We have got uh, well, you know what? TheLaughterFactory.com is where you can get all the tickets and the information. I've got it here. I I genuinely thought it was a week ago because I listened okay. to your podcast it's right. this morning. It's right. it's okay. and I, I thought you'd just got here and you've already done a couple of gigs. So you're doing Wednesday at Zabil House, the Greens. Friday, Grammarly and in Barsha Heights. Saturday, twenty third, you're coming up to my neck of the woods, Studio One. Hotel. Fantastic, look forward to it. I'll be up there for that one. And uh, mate, it's we always a pleasure. We speak pleasure. every couple of years. It's been really, it's really good fun. Don't worry about the f fitness thing. You're looking fine. There's a bit of me that wants to. <laughs> can you can you challenge me? Because that's how I thrive. If you said to me, "Well, get back on couch to 5k," and I want you to have lost a couple of stone by next oh, time I see you, that, then why not try and do that? Do a challenge for me. I'm challenging. I'm publicly challenging you. Right. <laughs> have you got another gig lined up out here after this yet? We've not. Have you got anything else lined up? Uh, I will have. Don't worry, I will. Let I'll me. Back. I'll be back. I will commit to being able to run 5k by the next time I see you. Look forward to seeing the results of that. And uh, just remind people of that when you read the eulogy at my funeral. <laughs> uh, Paul Tongerson, uh, being lovely. Thank you. As ever, Pleasure. and we'll see you at the Laughter Factory. Cheers, mate. Catboy talks funny. A Dubai ninety two podcast.